Good morning. I think everyone knows that Ginny is my cousin, but if you're new and you don't know that, it's amazing because years ago, I would never have dreamed that we would be in the same church family and I would have so many relatives here at this church, cousins and my mom and everybody, we, we come here. But you know, it doesn't matter what local church a person goes to. We're part of the body of Christ and we're all going to be in heaven. Those who have accepted Christ. But those that have not, will not be in heaven. And so that's our hope and prayer and desire today that everyone here will be saved and will be with us in glory. Shall we just open in a word of prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you for again the privilege of being here at church and opening up your word, the Bible. We have not veered from it. We have not swayed from it. Lord, we have stuck to your word and we will continue to do so. God forbid that we should ever have any other topic, any other message from this pulpit, Lord. It will never happen because the message of the word is the truth and we preach it. We preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. And we pray that you'll speak to our hearts through your word today and just hide me behind your cross, Lord. And may your words come forth in a powerful way and help us to examine our own lives to see if we are in the faith, Lord. And we just commit it now to you and thank you for this time. In Jesus' precious name, amen. You know, from the very beginning of time, back in the days of Adam and Eve, there has been a battle. And that battle is this, light versus darkness. And since the day that sin entered into the world, every person who has been born no matter what country they're from, no matter what language they speak, they're born in darkness. And it's only until a person is born again that they enter God's light and forever are in light in the Lord. But when you think about it, on the one hand, you have the kingdom of God, which is the kingdom of light. And it's headed by the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the king of glory, the king of light. And on the other hand, you have Satan's kingdom. He's the prince of the power of the air. He's the ruler of this world. He is the prince of darkness. We've all seen the Star Wars trilogies, probably. We know about the age-long battle between Darth Vader and the dark side and Luke Skywalker and all his friends on the good side. They had the power of the force. You know where George Lucas got that from? He got it from his wife, who was a Sunday school teacher. Because it is the age-long battle between good and evil, between light and darkness, between God and the devil. And so we can know assuredly this morning, without any contradiction, that you're here this morning and you're either in the light or you're in the darkness. There is no gray area. That's where the term gray area comes from, because it's either black or white. There's no gray area. You're either saved and you're in the light, or you're unsaved and not in the light. You can't be part in the light and part in the darkness. No, it doesn't work that way. It's either or. And it's a decision that everyone has to make. So as we look at this subject today, light versus darkness, ask yourself this, where am I today? Am I abiding in the light of Jesus Christ? Has I, have I taken Him as my Savior? Is He my Lord? Is He my Master? Am I walking in the light? Or am I still in darkness? following the impulses of the world and the flesh and all these things? That's the question 
we have to ask ourselves today. And we're going to look at three things from God's word this morning. First of all, God's light exposes our sin. Secondly, God's light reveals our Savior. And third, God's light guides our paths in life. You know, a story was told of a couple that took their two children down to Southern California to the caverns at Carlsbad. And they took their 11-year-old son and their 7-year-old daughter down into the cave. And they went down further and further and further until they got down to the ending point there. And all of a sudden, the guide turned off the lights. Well, this little girl got scared to death. All of a sudden, she went from light to darkness and she was so afraid and frightened and started to cry. Then she heard her brother's voice say this, Don't cry. Somebody down there knows how to turn on the lights. You know what? God knows how to turn on the lights. He doesn't want you to be in darkness. He doesn't want me to be in darkness. That's why He sent the Lord Jesus to free us from the chains of darkness that held us and bring us into light. And when the light comes on and you get saved, it's like a, a whole change comes over your life. When I got saved, I likened it to, a, to a, light com, a light bulb coming on because all of a sudden, I had known the truth for ages, all my life since I was a young kid. But just at that moment, I realized that I was a sinner. I needed the Lord. I was in darkness. I was lost. And when I accepted Him as my Lord and Savior, He changed my life. He's turned the lights on. And I thank God for what He's done in my life and what He's done in your life as well. We live in a dark world today. I think you would not have any uh, question about that, would you? We're living in dark times. Dark times. Spiritually, morally, ethically, politically, everything like that. Throughout the world, we see darkness. God has the light. And He wants us to be in the light. He wants us to follow the light. And He wants to share us to share that light with others. Turn with me this morning to a familiar passage in the Gospel according to John chapter 3. We're going to start reading at maybe the most famous verse in, in all of the, of the Bible. John 3.16 is where we're going to start reading this morning in this passage. John chapter 3, beginning at verse 16. This is the scene where the Lord Jesus was there and Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, a learned man, a, a God-fearing man, came because he wanted to find out more about Jesus. He wanted to see for himself and hear for himself the words that Jesus was speaking. He heard all about the miracles. He would heard what he was teaching. He wanted to hear it from himself. And the Lord Jesus explained to him in this passage, you must be born again. You must be born again. And Nicodemus didn't understand it and the Lord explained it to him. And now we're in the middle of this passage where he's now relating it to the whole world. He said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And listen to this. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light 
lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. So our first point this morning is God's light exposes our sin. Isn't it amazing how people go to great lengths to hide their sin today? They'll hide it. And they hide it under the cover of darkness. Have you ever noticed when people go out to revel in sin, they don't go out in the daylight hours. They wait till the night hours come. It's dark. They can cover their activities. They can hide it. And they don't want to be exposed. It's like if you go out into your garden and you find a big rock and you open it up, you're going to see all kinds of little creatures that are going to scurry. As soon as you open up and expose the light, they're going to not know what to do. They're going to hurry to find another dark place. And that's what happens to people too. They don't want to have their sin exposed by the penetrating rays of God's Word and His truth. They want to hide it. They want to keep it under wraps. Jesus said these words. We heard it at the Monday night meeting we had last week. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. It's really amazing. I have that as my license plate, John 8:12, and a lot of people ask it to me all the time. They go, "What is John 8:12? What does it say?" And I quote it to them right away. Happened to me this, this not long ago. This lady at work, she saw my license plate. She knew I was a Christian. She says, "What is John 8:12?" So I quoted it to her. And you know, Jesus is the only light, the only way to God. Everything else is in darkness. Man doesn't want to admit that. Recently, down at uh, Stanford, they had the Dalai Lama came over from India. Oh, he's, he's a big religious leader. And he was talking to the students at Stanford. And you have to have the inner meditation to have the inner peace. And you have to do this and you have to do that. Darkness. It's all darkness. And then you have other religions that begin every day, ever cults and other things that happen. Darkness. Only Jesus Christ is light. Only Jesus Christ ever claimed to be the light. And not a light. He's the light. The only light that can expose our sin. You know, the problem is in life, people don't want to even discuss or talk about sin. Because it's a, it's a tough word for people to swallow. But God never wants to expose our sin just to expose it to make us feel bad. He wants to expose it so we see our need of Him. And we'll come to the light. Because until we see that, we cannot be saved. You know, a lot of people that are in darkness don't like the light. He said it right here in this passage. They hate the light because their deeds are evil. Notice verse 19. It says, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Some people might say, I don't want to go to church. Now, they may not tell you just exactly this, but this is really what they're, what they're saying in effect. I don't want to go to church because I might hear something there that's going to make me feel uncomfortable. It's going to make me feel bad. I might hear something about my sin. I might hear something about hell. I don't want to hear that. And yet, the Lord says it right here. They love darkness rather than light. People do not want to give up their lifestyle today. We hear all about it. It's an alternative lifestyle. It's called sin. It's not an alternative lifestyle. It's darkness. People are living in darkness. They're in darkness and they cannot see the light. Christ has come to bring us the light, to show us the truth, 
And that's what he wants every person to experience. It never ceases to amaze me how people think they can hide their sin from God. Now, they can hide it from their wife, from their kids, from their friends, from their co-workers. Nobody will know about it. You've kept it the deep, dark secret in your life. God knows your deep, down, dark secrets. He knows the secret things that nobody else knows about. He knows everything. And that can make people feel very, very uncomfortable. People say, turn off the lights. I want to live my life. I want to be in secret. I want to be this way. The Lord says, no, turn on the light and I will expose your sin and show you how to be saved. You know, it doesn't cease to amaze me also that when the Lord Jesus Christ was here on earth, he met up with the most resistance from the religious people, the people that you should have known him and should have known the truth. And they did the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the lawyers, the people like this. And they were very good. The Pharisees were very good at pointing out all the sins and all the weaknesses and all the things wrong in your life, in the people's lives. They were very good at that. But you know what they weren't good at? They weren't very good at pointing out the sin in their own life. Oh, did you see that Jesus ate and drank with sinners and tax gatherers? Oh, it's shocking. Did you see what he did? They didn't want to admit they were sinners too. Everybody is a sinner. But see, but see, my sin's not that bad. It's not really darkness. It is. Because we have to see sin the way God sees it. It's an abomination. It's an abomination. It's evil and it's wicked in God's sight. That's why I like what the Lord Jesus said to the Pharisees and scribes. He said this, Woe to you, Pharisees and scribes, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs which appear to be beautiful outwardly, but are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear to be righteous to men, but inside are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. I think if the Lord was to come today and he was to come into our society and he was to come even into our churches, he would find some whitewashed tombs. People that look so good. They sound so good. They seem so religious and, and, and they seem so moral and they seem so good. The Lord says, I can see what's on the inside. Can you imagine if God was to, to write down on a board everything that you're thinking, everything that's on the inside for everybody to see? Wouldn't that be? That would be shocking to us. Wouldn't it? Praise God he doesn't do that. But you know it. And I know it. And we know what's in our hearts. And we know we're in darkness when we're in darkness. And he says, I've got the light for you. I'm going to save you and I'm going to put you into light and you're going to be a new person and I'm going to change you down to the very inside of your being. God's word penetrates. It exposes the wickedness. We had a verse in scripture memory class a while back, quite a while back, Hebrews 4.12, and it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And then he goes on to say in verse 13, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him of whom we must have to give an account. Now, that's an amazing God's word is a sharp two edged sword. It pierces down deep. It exposes 
But he wants us to not just expose our sin to him. He wants us to ask for forgiveness and he will forgive us. He'll give us eternal salvation. Yes, people are in the world and they're not comfortable. That's why we had that series of meetings, you know, does the truth matter anymore? All those preachers, the different ones he was talking about, they want to go to a church that's comfortable. That doesn't make me uncomfortable. I want to feel good. I want to feel stroked, you know, and and get all kinds of good vibrations. No, we can't. We have to come to the truth of realizing we're sinners. We need to be saved. We need to come to the light and be born again. And then you'll have all the blessings that you could possibly imagine. Yes, people try to rationalize their spiritual condition. You may have heard people say this. You're making me uncomfortable. No, the Holy Spirit is making you uncomfortable. It's not me. And then other people say, I want to go where it's comfortable. And they try to rationalize their sin. Have you ever heard people try to rationalize their sin? Well, it's really not my fault. It's my childhood. If you were raised like I was, you would see why I am not really to blame in this matter. And then there's the psychologist and the psychiatrist says, yes, you're right. That's your problem. It's your childhood. Or another person comes along. No, it's not his childhood. It's his environment. If it wasn't his environment that he's in, he would be so much better. No. We're born in sin, conceived in iniquity. We live in a sinful place. So it is. It's, it's, the, it's how we're born and how we're living. And until Christ comes, we can't get into the light. We cannot be saved. We need His help. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, it's just the way I am. I can't help it. That's true. Some people say, nobody's perfect and we aren't. And that's why Jesus had to die because we're not perfect. We are sinners. We are in darkness, enchained by darkness. And no excuse is ever going to work saying it to God. Notice it says in John 3.20, For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds be exposed. Yes, Christ wants to help, but he wants to help those who want to be helped. You know, Bill told that story in his message about the man Harry. Remember that? Who was out in the, and he was drowning and, and the Lifeguard came, they came with a rescue boat and they threw him that orange life preserver and he didn't like orange and he was lost and he drowned. And that really is the way it is. You can't be helped until you want to be helped. It's like if somebody is sick, they're not going to get better until they go to the doctor. Jesus is the great physician. He says, I didn't come to call the righteous. I came to call sinners to repentance. And until we acknowledge that, we can't be saved. May the Lord help us to know our true spiritual condition today. Am I in light or am I in darkness? And when the light of God's word shines down on our life, does he see the light or does he see the darkness? Do we have Christ or do we not have Christ? So that's the first thing this morning. God's light exposes our sin. Secondly, God's light reveals our Savior. Wouldn't it be terrible if if God just revealed our sin and said, Mm-mm-mm. you're bad, you're sinners, you deserve hell, I'm going to send you to hell, and that's it. He doesn't do that. He exposes our sin, and then He reveals His Son. Because Jesus Christ is the only answer, the only solution, the only remedy that this world has today. The world is not getting better. People can try to convince me every day if they want to that the world's getting better, but I don't see it. 
Not in the newspapers anyway. Not on TV. Not through the Internet. Not through the radio. You're hearing what's happening in the world. Not only in the United States, but throughout the world. The world is full of darkness. Christ is the light. And every true Christian is a little beacon of light for him in this world. There may not be many compared to the great majority of people, but those who are saved are in the light. And those who aren't are in darkness. But he has come up with the perfect solution. Look at verse 21. It says, But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Two weeks ago, Ron spoke and he gave a great gospel message on blind Bartimaeus. And there was the man that started walking down this aisle. We know that was Ken. And he came out here and he confessed his sin openly. He didn't try to hide it. He didn't make excuses. He didn't rationalize it. He came and he stood there and sat and kneeled there and he got saved that day. And this man has changed. I'll tell you right now. This man is a changed man. And he's the first to admit it. And when Christ changes your life, it's not an outward change. It's an inward change and it results in changing other things too. But he changes the heart. And when you see a person get saved, it brings tears to your eyes because you say, that is real salvation. That's the truth. That's the real thing. It's not just a false profession to, to, to get somebody to uh, say, well, that person's okay now. I don't have to talk to them anymore. They're saved. It's a real life-changing thing. To go from darkness to light is a radical change. And we thank God for the salvation that we have through Jesus Christ. Only He could take our guilt and our sin and our shame at the cross and bear it for us so that we'll never have to go through it. And we can have forgiveness of sins. Yes, but we have to come to Him honestly and say, Lord, I am in darkness today and I don't want to be in darkness. I want to be in Your light. The hymn writer said it very clearly, Just as I am without one plea, but that Thy blood was shed for me and that Thou didst bid come to me, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. You know, the man St. Augustine lived many, many years ago and he said something very interesting in his life. He said, there was a dark cloud before my eyes so that I could not see the light of truth. But Lord, Thou art my God who has led me from darkness and the shadow of death and hath called me into this glorious light and behold, I see. And that's just exactly the way it is. You know, darkness brings fear to a lot of people. I don't know what it was when I grew up Something must have happened because I have a fear, a natural fear, a natural phobia as it was, of darkness. I don't like darkness, but I trust the Lord and He gives me victory and I thank Him for that. But darkness makes people very afraid because you can't see what's out there. You can't. And that's where we trust the Lord. But darkness is bad. But when you come into the light, it brings joy because you can see. You can see. For the first time, you can see. Many of you like to read the Living Bible. And I like what the Living Bible says of Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. It says, He has rescued us out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into the kingdom of His dear Son. What a change. What a change. Going from darkness, total pitch darkness, into total eternal light. Christ is the light. And when you follow Him, you don't walk in darkness anymore. You have the light of life. What a joy to know His 
truth, his light exposes our sin. And then it reveals to him our need for the Savior. It reveals the Lord Jesus Christ. We accept him as our personal Savior. And then that brings us to our third point this morning is that God's light guides our way in this world. This world is dark, like I said, and it's amazing. But God has put us in this world. He could have just taken us to heaven immediately. But no, he says, I'm going to leave you in this world of darkness. But guess what? I'm going to leave you with the light. I'm going to leave you with my word. Just like it says in Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And God gives us that illumination. He shows us how to live our lives, how to conduct ourselves, what to say and do. And he's given it to us in such a wonderful volume in his word that we can live by. This is the truth. This is the light. And when the Holy Spirit teaches us, he teaches us from the word of God and he gives us the wisdom that we need to live in this world. And we need the light of his wisdom. We need the light of his truth. We need the light of his presence. And we need the light of his promises in our lives because we cannot make it on our own without the Lord. We just cannot do it. I love what it says in Genesis chapter one and verse three. It says where the Lord spoke it very clearly. Let there be light. And then it says there was light. God spoke the word and out of darkness and out of all the things that were happening, God brought forth his light and that light has shined down. And it's amazing, he's put the sun in the sky up above to shine down upon the earth to give us the light, to give us the warmth, to give us the energy. You know what would happen if all of a sudden the sun went dark? Or if someone could go up and do something to block the rays of the sun coming to the earth? We'd all die. We cannot live without the sun. So too, we cannot live without the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the light. Turn with me for a moment to Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. We'll see what the Lord has to say more about how we are to bear the light of his truth in, in the gospel in this world. Matthew 5. Let's start reading at 13 through 16. Here the Lord Jesus speaking to his followers in the Beatitudes and the, the Sermon on the Mount. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Then he says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You know, when you're in the light and you're saved, you need to proclaim it. You need to proclaim the light in word and in conduct, especially in conduct. You know, you hear that term sometimes, a person's a closet Christian. A closet Christian. They're a Christian, but they don't tell anybody. You never know it. And then you find out later, oh, they're a Christian. Closet Christian. There is no such term. I've tried to find it in the Bible. Closet Christian. I, oh, wait a minute. It's there in chapter 6. Closet Christian is one who goes into his closet to pray. That's a closet Christian. But then he comes out to serve the Lord and to let his light shine. So really, there's no closet Christian in the sense of that. In fact, he says, if you have a, a lamp, 
you want to put it on a lampstand so that that light will shine. You don't put it under a bed or under a bushel. You put it out there so the light will shine so that people can see the light. And it's not our light. It's not Dean's light. It's not Dean's gospel. It's Christ's light. It's his gospel. And what we're doing is we're shining the light on Christ is what we're doing. Just like I mentioned the illustration of the sun. The sun shines on the moon and the moon reflects the sun. And that's exactly what he does for us. Christ shines on me. He shines on you so that we can reflect his light and glory to those who need him. And then they see it real and genuine, true light reflected through the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your works, good works and glorify your father in heaven. One day at work, I was going in to have lunch as I always do. And there was this lady that she always eats lunch. Well, this day she didn't have any money for lunch. And for one who doesn't like to miss food myself, I could understand this was not good. So I said to her, her name is Marisol. I said, Marisol, you've got to eat. You can't go without, without lunch. Here. And so I gave her some money and I didn't even think about it. I just gave her some money. Here, go buy lunch. So she went and bought lunch and ate it. Guess what? She brought the money back like right away. I think it was either later that day or first part of the next day. She says, here, Dean, here's, here's the money back. She was so appreciative of that. And that's just an illustration of how we can touch people's lives. She was the one who saw my John 8:12 on the car. She was the one who gave me this little coin that has, because she knows I'm a Christian, John 3:16 on one side and the sinner's prayer on the other side. And she gave me that coin. And I said, you know, Lord, that's just a little example of how we can touch people. You don't have to give them a long dissertation on the gospel, but you have to be an example. You have to let your light shine in your daily life, in the way you talk, in the way you conduct yourself, that people will see this is real in your life. Let your light so shine. Bill McDonald said in his commentary, Jesus is the source of light. Christians are the reflection of his light. Their function is to shine for him just as the moon reflects the glory of the sun. He goes on to say the emphasis is on Christian character. The winsomeness of our lives in Christ is, speaks louder than the persuasion of words. And that is so true. The way we live speaks louder than anything we could ever say. Someone else put it another way, saying, what you do speaks so loud, I can't hear what you say. And there's been a lot of people that have tried to witness for Christ, but their life has muted the message. You know, you have that button on your, on your uh, little remote when you want to mute it. You mute it. And that's what unsaved people do to us when we talk to them about the Lord if our life doesn't back, back it up. Mute it. I don't want to hear that. Because it can't be real. It can't be genuine because I don't see it in your life. And I don't want to just hear it. I want to see it. Like someone said, I, I would rather see a sermon than hear one any day. And that's really the challenge for our lives. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, in Philippians 2.15, that you become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Listen to this. Among whom you shine as light in the world. Yes, the world is full of darkness and everywhere a Christian is, there's a little dot of light. A little dot of light. A little dot of light. Have you ever been to one of these big stadiums where they turn off all the lights and then people have these little candles or these little flashlights and all of a sudden they turn them on one more another one another one all over until it's full of light and that's his goal for us is to go out those who are saved and in the light and spread the light 
So another light will be shining and another light will be shining and another one will be shining. And that's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to change the world one person at a time by bringing the light of the gospel to them. The Apostle John told us to walk in the light as he is in the light and have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Someone once said, people look at us six days a week to find out whether we really mean what we do and say on the seventh day. And I thought about, isn't that true? People look at us six days a week and they want to see if our words and our behavior and our character match up with the way we are on Sunday, on the seventh day. That's the challenge, to live every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the same as we do on Sunday. And it should be that way. A true Christian is a light seven days a week, 24-7, all of our lives. Yes, we see it all around us. And we can ask ourselves these questions. First question, do people see the light in me? That's the first question. Second, do people hear the words of Christ from my lips? Do people see the actions of Christ and his light in my actions? That's what it means to be a true light in this world. Yes, there's no place for darkness. There's no place for darkness. When you're a child of light, you're going to be uncomfortable in the light. Like I talked about earlier, when a person's not saved and they're in darkness, they're uncomfortable by the light because they, they don't want their deeds to be exposed. Well, turn that coin around. Turn it around to this. When you're in the light, you should be uncomfortable by darkness. You shouldn't be able to just revel in it and go along with it and think it's okay. And No. We are not to have any part of darkness whatsoever. In fact, the Bible teaches separation. That's another word people don't like to hear nowadays. Separating ourselves from the world and the darkness around us. And you say, well, Lord, it's not that bad. It's just a little darkness. Darkness is darkness. And we have to separate ourselves from it. Equally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and listen to this. And what communion has light with darkness? Light and darkness do not mix. Because when, when light comes into the presence of darkness, it illuminates the darkness. And so we need to be a blessing to the people in darkness and not allow their darkness to come upon us. That is the key way to live our lives in Christ. The only way to shine brightly for the Savior is to not mix with the world, not we have to be separated. You kids that go to school, to high school, junior high, younger kids, separation. You have to be separated. That darkness is out there in many forms. At work, it's there. In our neighborhoods, it's there. People need to know this house, this man, this woman, these kids stand for Jesus. Stand for the light. And there should be a halo of light that should be over our house. Not literally, but it should be seen by people. That's a Christian's house. That's a Christian's house. It should affect the way we, we deal with people. Our, even our home and the way we, we do things, it should, should be that way. There's no room for darkness, but rather separation from it. So may the Lord help us then in conclusion to remember that God's light exposes our sins. It's not a comfortable thing, but God doesn't do it to be mean to us, to show us that we're sinners. He does it so He can reveal His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we need to be saved. And if you're here today and you're in darkness, don't leave in darkness. 
Leave in the light. And the only way to do that is to get down on your knees and ask Jesus Christ into your life to be your Savior. Say, Lord, forgive me. I've lived my whole life in darkness. I I can see it now. What He's saying is true. What the Bible is saying is true. I'm in darkness and I need the light. And you can come to the light today and you can experience the light and you'll never have darkness again, ever, because you'll be in Christ. And then we've seen that those who are in Christ have a responsibility. You and I have a big responsibility to take that light that we have, the light of the gospel, the light of the word of God, the light of Jesus, and to spread that light in the midst of a dark, dark world. And to do it in our words, to do it in our actions, to back it up with the kind of lifestyle that's a lifestyle of light. May the Lord help us to be encouraged today to go out and to be light in the midst of the darkness. But there's going to be a battle. Satan is not going to give you up easy if you're not saved because the battle is between light and darkness. Eternal battle. Christ will win that battle when you accept Him. And may the Lord help us and encourage us today. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Lord Jesus, we thank You that we can say triumphantly today, You are the light of the world. You are the only source of salvation, Lord, and eternal life. And we thank You that when we come to You in honesty and sincerity and admit we are sinners, Lord, and that we have sinned, You will forgive us immediately and totally. You will bring us out of darkness and into light. And Lord, we have the promise of eternal life forever and ever. And we will be with You, Lord. But I pray for those who may be in darkness today. And it's an oppressive darkness. It's like chains of darkness. And we pray that they'll come to You, Lord, and accept You as Lord and Savior. And Lord, help us to carry Your light, to take it with us wherever we go so that people will will see You, Lord Jesus, not us, and they will glorify Your name in heaven. We just thank You and praise You for this time and ask Your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen.